0: Hello and welcome to Season 7, Episode 6 of the Black Women Working Podcast. I am Tolu, I'm your host for this episode today, and I'm joined by the rest of the ladies. If you could please introduce yourselves.
1: It's not... Hey, hey, Chantal here.
0: Hello, hello, how are we doing today, guys?
2: I've got nothing to complain about, so you can take from that what you will.
0: You're blessed. That's what's happening. You're blessed, you're feeling blessed. I am blessed, I am blessed. (laughs) I got my song in there, Shan. I'm all right, just
1: settling into the new job, back to school, so the routine feels very different. I'm used to getting home at four o'clock and that is not the case anymore,
0: so. Oh yeah, boy. Yeah, different kettle of fish entirely. But you acclimatise at some point, I can't tell you when, but it's going to be a raggedy yeah, race yeah. at first.
1: <laughs> it's been Indeed. raggedy.
0: I love the realness. Anyway, before we get started, I just want <clears throat> to, sorry, I just want to remind people of where you can find us, Regulars Know The Jewel, but just in case you're a new listener, you can follow us at BWW Podcast uk on Instagram and Twitter, Black Women Working on LinkedIn, and you can join the conversation using hashtag BWW UK And you can also check out our website, which is www.blackwomenworking.com. So we're not preambling with today's episode um, because there's a lot to touch upon and I want us to have a good time to speak about it all. Um, Today's episode is about application red flags and by application red flags, what I'm referring to are things that crop up in the application process that should make you reconsider if you want to proceed with applying or ultimately in the most extreme of cases um, back out so throwing it out to you guys straight away um I want to get your first thoughts on this in a sentence in terms of what your top application red flag is who's gonna start us off
2: I just don't like the person
0: oh that's a good one the vibe in it The... the vibe
2: is off just do not proceed
0: Mm, the energy is true i've been in one or two positions like that as well where i was just like yeah no why am i even forcing this that's a good one what about you shan
1: um i don't know if it's my top one but of late i think missing deadlines so if they say application closes at we will be contacting will be shortlisting by interview dates by if you're missing deadlines or it's taking like i know certain jobs you literally have 24 hours to prepare And it's in the advert. So they'll call you to say the day before you got into your 48 hours before. But if I have to chase you at the Mm. application process, where's my feedback? Are you going to get back to me? Yeah, obviously there's something lacking in the organisation, as in Mm. organisation
0: skills. Mm. That's a good one. I never would have thought of that, but you're 100% right. Because that's, I think, do you know what? what I would say with that one, I think that comes by way of also the level and stage we are at in our career as well, that we can kind of have that one as a ill. Do you know what I mean? Cause I know that when I was younger, that didn't matter to me. I want a job. <laughs> just like, do you know what I mean? It's like, I'll allow all sorts of crinkum, crankum. Now, for you know me, what though, just, mm-hmm. to just context
1: wise, why this became so apparent is because teaching, you only have three resignation dates. So when they were like interviewers on this date, Mm. I was like yeah I need to know because I have to resign by X date so that's okay. why it um st- stands out to me of late
0: Yeah, that actually makes sense perfectly in the context, to be honest with you. So for me personally, one of the application red flags that's become um, more serious for me is a really unnecessarily complex and lengthy application process, which requires a lot of my time and energy and just being sent a multitude of tasks. And then on top of that, you're having several interviews. Um, I really feel for the kind of roles that I'm going for. Project management, to a certain extent, tasks are part of you know the remit but then let's be sensible about it but I mean in general I would say that we know application red flags can be different to people they can be dependent upon various factors such as career experience um age sex gender race the amount of effort they're putting in versus the reward um but one of the kind of examples Hold on,
1: Tos. on on your point about lengthy application process mm-hmm. right
0: we're going like... to dig into that more later. Though, Are
1: we? Like, okay,
0: cool. I'll wait, okay. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll <laughs> <laughs> wait. Chill. On, chill. But yeah, so I mean, I was looking this up because I wanted to get a general gist of what people's understanding is in the, twi- not in the Twitter sphere, but in the internet sphere. And so there was a Forbes article in 2021. It was by William Arruda and he stipulated five red flags to watch for when applying for jobs. So number one was, for him, was an incomplete job description. By that, he means basically leaving out crucial details of what it will entail. Um, Number two was vague language, which I relate to. And the example he used was when a posting says, in inverted commas, fast paced. uh, But really what they mean is strenuous and likely to make the employee feel completely overworked. (laughs) Oh, God. And then number three was. A lack of information about DEI, for those who don't know what that means, that's diversity and inclusion. And he thinks or he feels that millennials especially care deeply about that these days. Um, Everyone gets a red flag then.
1: The only DEI I've seen is, is we encourage applications
0: from the BAME community. That's all I'm seeing these days. Listen, nothing. My personal point of view is that when it comes to that, you can't tell until you get into the role. They can have every sort of posturing yeah, on the I website agree. or the thing, but you'll never really know until, you know, you get into the role. So it's not really a red flag for me. It's just a pin somewhere in my head.
2: Not even um, a pin, because I feel like if I go on your website and I see too many black people, it means that you know that you don't have enough people for so <laughs> every single person you have on the website. And then I'm going to, the free people on the website are going to be the free people in the whole organisation. <laughs> the amount of like websites I've been on or diversity videos I've been on. Do you think I'm not still on those videos even if I don't work <laughs> at those firms? Get out of here. There uh, was one time some girl was like, she worked at a law firm and she got not fired, but they didn't renew her contract. And she was like, even after they took pictures of me for the graduate recruitment leaflet, and then they don't want to give me a job. You know, she's still on that leap look like five years later.
0: It's, it's, crazy world. it's so a crazy world. I don't
2: even know. Like when I see them on the website, I'm like, it could be even worse. They know they have a problem. So they're just doing like corporate blackface.
0: Mm, words. That's the best way to coin it. I love it.
2: So it's... I just rather have to just, I have to dis- disregard that one. Like I have to that completely because I don't even know how to interpret it. I just assume that these places are not going to be diverse. That so I can be pleasantly surprised if they are.
0: Mm, exactly. Like what's the what's the terminology? Hope for I don't even know what it is. But basically, you set the bar low. But, expect <laughs> the
1: worst and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it. Like our current
1: situation <laughs> in life.
0: Ah, I'll be <laughs> <easily>. <laughs> so yeah, that was his number three. Um, his number four was negative rating or reviews, and not just on Glassdoor. Um, And number five was (laughs) hiring manager being late to an interview and if they apologize or not, um, because according to William, that lack of basic courtesy should make you think twice about how you might be treated within that company. Now, I really like this piece because it pulled out some points that, quite frankly, I never would have thought of. And I'd probably consider minors like that last one it's not really a big deal to me because I know that hiring managers are overwhelmed. They're trying to juggle so many things. So, I mean, I've experienced them being late, but they've always apologized. But I mean, even if they didn't, I kind of just put it down to overwhelmed with candidates. It just depends on how they held themselves in, in general with regards to that. But I mean, in terms of the one that all of those that are listed, like, what do you think about them in terms of their? I want to add one. Mm-hmm. What about not
1: displaying the salary?
0: It's not a red flag, but it's You can't annoying. add one to his article. This is his article. I'm adding
1: one. I'm adding <laughs> no, one. No, you can't not add this...
2: one to his article. If you have a second one... i one. We
0: cross it's that now William Etal.
1: Et etel. <laughs> Do
0: you know what? Etal being BWW podcast.
2: I feel like... I, I don't know. I feel like they should always give a range. Um, But yeah, it's at least one of the range. first questions... It's one of the first questions I ask, but I suppose it's a difficult one because I feel like there can be some assumptions made, but assumptions are dangerous in terms of like the, the level that they're hiring for and the type mm-hmm. of job it is. There's sometimes I'll say things like our salaries in line with market expectations, but that could really mean anything. Mm-hmm. But again,
1: yeah, and it's gone.
2: No, no
0: again,
2: I was just saying, mm-hmm. I, I do, I, nine times out of ten, my jobs and my moods have come through, like, an actual recruiter. But mm-hmm. so I can actually ask them up front, like, what is the salary?
0: Yeah, so they sort out the far for me.
2: So they sort it out for me. So I, it's, it's been a long time since I've purely just gone and made an application and filled out an mm-hmm. application form. I think application forms are, like, the worst Demonic. invention. I don't have time they are agents of satan they are long-winded they the questions are repetitive um they are emotionally draining yeah and and then i get i think i applied for a job
1: at Mm. one of the one of the top um investment banking firms and it the 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 IT, the tech now allows you to upload your CV and your CV will extract, it will extract the information yeah, of your CV bits, to the yeah. application. That is useful because, bruh, copying out my CV every applicant, why? But Why it's have I got using, a CV?
0: They've been using that technology for time and sometimes yeah, I find I've it irritating it because it doesn't really pull the thing through much and then they'll still ask other questions after. There's a particular university with their application that it asks for CV and then they ask you to answer 10,000 questions Which after. Which
2: is it. just nonsense.
0: It's just, yeah, it's just, I don't That's have time for opinion. that. That's just my opinion. But, yeah. So, I mean, with regards to the application red flags, we could literally be here all day. There's so many different different types but i did kind of want to focus on one um so i'm sweating a conversation a little bit because um a couple of weeks ago and i think i shared it with you guys there was a really fantastic thread on twitter about particularly bad interview processes or application processes and this was by leah goodridge she's at leah from b-k-l-y-n brooklyn on twitter And to summarise for our listeners what she said, and we'll add a link to this thread in our post when we publish this episode, Um, she was talking about companies demanding unpaid labour in interview processes. How does she mean? She means, for example, answering multiple questions that deal with real world scenarios people being asked to come up with full marketing plans strategic plans creating graphic and design packages in-depth tasks in the multiples with a requirement to address several questions within them i mean the list actually really just went on and she shared some real life examples of what people had sent her that companies had asked them to do and um i want to talk about this because Reading it, it kind of triggered me a little in a sense because I recognised that I'd been a dummy in certain application processes. Although I came, <laughs> I came to my senses quickly. But because recently, not recently, I'd say in the past 12 months, there was a situation where i had spoken already maybe two times on the phone. Then they sent me two tasks to do. And then they said, i would have to interview this person. And then because somebody else was off after on on that time then i'd have another interview with somebody else and another thing and at first i was like yeah cool and then i was like no fam i'm tired this is now like the third task that i've had to do i don't have the time for this and so i just emailed them back and said "Mm, yeah i've reflected and i don't think this is quite the right fit for me because i was fed up with all of that so i don't know what have your experiences both been with this because obviously that's mine's a bit my career whatever career strand is a bit different that's project management but i don't know if you've experienced that within teaching shan or within um corporate lawyership what do we call it corporate lawyering i don't even know whatever let's call it like oh being God. a lawyer
2: <laughs> or working in the legal industry that's so dramatic.
0: no I, the corporate words to me, corporate law that's it <laughs> um, i mean in my
2: processes there's no type of deliverables whatsoever at my stage as an associate i feel like if i was a partner it would be slightly different because they might want to see a business plan you know clients blah 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 but trying to get the job um or get into this industry is a bit mad so obviously you've got your application form you've got all these questions but if you were a lion what would you do if you were the prime minister? What would be the first law that you'd pass? you pass? Yeah, all these hypothetical questions to try and see what type of person you are. Oh, but it's yeah. it's the open day that is really, really rigorous. But I feel like it's like that for any type of corporate-related graduate program. You come in, you have an interview, you have a group task, you have a presentation, you might have a written test just to check your grammar and your attention to detail. And then you might have like a fact-finding exercise to check how you make decisions, how you extract information. But my stage, usually it's just a few interviews. I would say on average three to four. And I think after you've had the first interview testing your ability in terms of what you can and cannot do, um, they all just become chats, like once you get past the first round. Now, I've had a few processes and I've done like six, seven interviews and then I find like I was trying to move in house and work for a business so I did like six seven interviews
0: for one job at,
2: for one job yeah and it was just ridiculous because it's like meet this person then meet that person that works in the business then meet this person that works in the business but the more people you meet the more it just becomes a conversation rather than mm. an interview but the questions get repetitive and I don't have patience as we know so <laughs> be like so why do you want to join our business and I'm like I get irritated by that question because it's like until the recruiter told me that you were hiring, I didn't actually know who you were. So (laughs) stop (laughs) asking me these freaking stupid questions. Like, just stop it. But what I found really interesting about the the interview process and why I try and encourage people not to get too invested is because the business will gas you up. Yeah. Say they're going to offer you and then just change their mind. And they might not even tell you.
0: 100%
2: you just never hear from them again. So sometimes I'm kind of like, when it comes to interview, when it comes to interview process, I very, very, very much think you should be laid back in the sense of when you're doing an interview, you should be answering the questions, you should be in it to win it type thing, mm-hmm. but don't get emotionally attached because these businesses are flippy, floppy, flippy, floppy. One minute you've been going through the process and someone who was meant to hire you gets fired, then there's an internal change, they they promise you a salary they can't deliver something happens in their business they have a bad forecast profit forecast their share mm. price there's so many moving variables i always say to people until you have a contract and you've signed it and they've signed it that don't get invested
0: literally you need to weigh up the cost benefit and like Absolutely, i have friends
2: every that time have-
0: advised and they're taking days and whatever to do like plans and projects for these things and I'm just like what for Mm -mm. like there's Mm -mm. even a cap on the money that you could offer me for doing all of that stuff and then that won't even. like no at this age and stage I am in my career I don't have time this is the thing because
1: and I think As professionals, we mistake it because it's different from like applying for a job at a bakery and they're like, oh, let me see how you bake or whatever, because it's physical. Because we're using our minds, I think we forget that this is free labor because essentially Mm -hmm. when you're drafting a project plan, you are problem solving. For all I know, they're not even going to recruit anybody again. And they've just taken your idea and taken the person in position mm-hmm. as part of their restructure and say, here you go. And that became apparent to me when um I had an interview earlier on in the year and I had to admit that I had a shortfall. I was like, this is a new realm for me. So I don't have all the answers, but this is what I've got. And the man laughed and was like, yeah, we don't know either. We don't have no answers either. <laughs> I asked him a question. He said, we don't have no answers. I thought, oh, okay. So on one hand, I felt kind of safe because I was like, well, if I get the job, at least we're all learning together. But on the other hand, it was like you don't know what you want. So you're either look you rightly so, you're looking for someone to come with the answers, or you actually don't know what you're looking for in a candidate because you don't know what you don't know. But what that sparked to me is for the next interview when I had to do a plan, is I gave what I had to give, and I definitely gave the guy a formula and an answer. But in terms of the detachment, I literally said to him, Here's the plan on paper. Only I can deliver it, fam. I said, Mm. I wish you all the best. I said, I don't, whatever the outcome, I wish you the best. I think this is the best way to do it. You're asking for the expertise of an educator. This is my idea. You can roll with it, but I know what it's going to take. And that's that's the cojones that you have I to bring the plan. <laughs> you have to give them a little tease and be like this is the plan but it's only me my G. Only I, love,
0: me. I love that approach to it because like you're even just bringing up bad memories was it earlier this year i think it was last year where i had so many interviews and they were all asking task, tasks the first one i did the way i put my heart and soul into it i said it's the two people to review that thing was almost like 20 slides for them to turn around and say "Mm, but actually you didn't kind of approach it from this direction that we wanted ah if i could have punched i would have punched because i was like what after that i learned my lesson like the amount of effort that i'm willing to invest Invest in any kind of task or whatever related to a role, swiftly, swiftly diminished. I'm not gonna give you a hundred percent of that. I'm literally gonna set myself a time limit of how much time I'm willing to put towards it, maybe one or two hours. If I can't get any further than that in the time, then I'm not gonna do it because. I, it's just actually a bit ridiculous. And when you think about the number of people that they're asking to do this as well, and then when you have the interview, they can't even be bothered to really go through it. It's just like, no. But for me, the best jobs that I've had are the ones where it's just been a conversation and a chat. The first interview is a more rigorous, they might ask me situational questions. And then the next one is literally just somebody else asking different questions. They're not repeating themselves like Natalie said before. It's asking different kind of questions to just figure out who I am so but you know
1: what the remote aspect of the application process has longed this out because what I've found is that now they do the temperature check first mm-hmm. which rightly I feel in some ways rightly so like if you temperature check a half an hour chat before real interview to see like do we even like this person before we mm. take them through but it's just another process because then you've got the temperature check then you've got the skills and a competency part of the interview and Mm -hmm. then you've got the 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 chat the let's just know who she is again afterwards so they've now added a layer before they take you through and it's like you know what do your temperature check and let's leave the chat on the, the second half again
0: As in, because the length of the process is getting longer now. It's becoming like free interviews. And theoretically, who has time to be doing that for all of the jobs that they may be applying for? So if companies want the best candidates, I'd encourage them to kind of rethink the way that they're approaching this. Now, I think it's really important for the listeners to understand how to kind of navigate this in the future. And I think what you said, Shan, was an excellent, excellent way to approach it. I never would have thought of that in my life, but I think it's brilliant. I think for me, in terms of how I would approach it in the future now, is if I have got to a stage where they've asked me to do kind of a number of tasks. And this is literally based off that thread by Leah Goodridge, because, again, she was sent examples of what people had done for the application, only for the company to say, yeah, we don't quite think you're a fit. And they'd spent all this time doing all this work. So I think if I was put in a position where, OK, these are the you know tasks that you're going to have to do, I'm going to get straight to it I'm not going to waffle I'm going to say thank you for the offer of an interview I am considering how much effort and work will need to go into the task presented. Will there be any offer of remuneration for the time spent doing this? If that is not possible, I'm afraid I will need to decline and withdraw my offer. And the reason, and again, this Ooh, is based- that's interesting. But the thing is, because I know people who have been in lengthy interview processes who have actually been paid for the time it will take them to do the tasks that they've been asked to do. Mm. And so that was what she was recommending to people ask if there is monetary remuneration for that and then you see what I, answer... I, I yeah, think go you've on. got to
1: be careful there I think you have to be really you have to really understand the industry that you're in and the task that you're being asked to do so you have to ascertain or sort of in your own mind separate is this an interview task like an overview or actually am I potentially
0: doing a piece of work so yeah that got to differentiate yeah, exactly. So this is in instances where, you know, people have been asked to come up with a marketing plan, strategic plan. She gave examples. She shared this example where there was literally about 25 questions that a person was asked to answer with regards to certain things, very specific things that if a person has good ideas, it could impact the business in a positive way. So these were the kind of situations where she was saying, you know, ask if there is potential for remuneration. And y sí if they came back and said you know no I think my response would be like you know unfortunately I didn't have capacity to complete these tasks and be in other interview processes as well happy to discuss other methods of validating my skills and experiences so by doing so what you're letting them know you're throwing the ball back in their court you're letting them know that actually I'm not really prepared to do all of that for no can remuneration say, though, wait, just, wait 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 wait, I... wait wait let me finish because
2: this is just and long then, I'm sorry
0: wait let me finish and then you're also. So throwing it back to them in a sense of okay if you value me as a candidate um you might go away and think to yourself is there another way in which we can get the information or understand if this person is right for our business so it's throwing the ball back in their court and saying okay this is my boundary line but are you able to flex in this situation? But again, it's not for every kind of context. You have to be sensible about it. But I do think that is a valid way to approach being faced with one of these situations.
2: Personally, it's nonsense. If you have filled out application form and the next process is to answer 25 questions, is to do all this presentation, all this reel that to me is a massive indication of how it is gonna be when you work for them. They're expecting you to do way too much for free, and even the fact that you then have to go, and if they haven't even said, you know, we will consider num- remuneration. I can never say that word properly. Requests. I feel like that amount of free intensive labor, ideas, creativity, effort that you're going to have to put in with no obligation on them to. There's no reciprocity, however you say it. Why would you want to work for an organization that does no, that? No, but the if job? they come
0: back and it's say no, it's that definitely they would a red be... flag. It's, it's not even, a, to me, taken, it's
1: not even, They've go taken on. the time, they've taken the time to write out all these questions. It is, the it's, it's out of order. Let they, me provide an extra saying. context.
0: So what, what I this think, example? what I think sometimes what companies do, because I've seen it happen, is they just reuse, copy paste old processes that they've had before until somebody challenges on them. Yeah, until somebody challenges them and says, actually, this process isn't quite appropriate. So what I feel like if someone takes that kind of approach that I've mentioned there, they could be the person that kind of actually forces the company to think, is this process fit for purpose? And is there a way that we could they actually won't. be harnessing the best candidates? That, kind, offering... of company, nah. that nah. kind of company is going to look
1: at you and think you're cheeky and be happy for <laughs> you not to not to apply and because then that's their they problem. want they want your blood. They and want then your that's the they me, say no, the
2: that's that you had to. The fact that you're having to write an email saying I don't want to do this. It's free labor. Is there any other way we can do this process? Why would I still, unless this is like the job of a lifetime. Yeah. and they're going to put platinum in. You know, inject platinum into your gums in your brain. I cannot see why you would ever want to go through that process or even engage with a company. Like on who behaves in this who behaves in this way. And I feel like we talk about we like to talk about red flags. Oh, you know, if you go out with a man who does this and then when he's in a relationship, he's doing X, you kind of knew what it was like. But bro, don't if you go through one of these processes and you start doing email back and forth, is there a different way they're this? When you get in the job and they start acting mad, obviously I'm gonna support you, sister circle. But in my head, I'm gonna be thinking. But we talked about this at the application stage but and you like, still went ahead. I but think like we've
0: said, it's for specific circumstances. And if I can get paid for doing an application process, ultimately, if they tell me at the end of the day, oh, we're not going ahead with you, I'm caught. Yeah, but it doesn't Literally. mean they're not
2: taking your ideas and monetizing them. I don't that's the care. Big, that's the big issue for me. I would have but, got some money I, for it. Yeah, but did you, think you probably didn't get your worth though.
0: But the thing is, again, you have to kind of weigh up because I would not... I, just
2: can't, I personally can't relate. I would not relate.
0: do this for an application process where I knew I was giving proprietary kind of, where I was coming up with something in that depth. I would not do that for mm. that kind of interview. For me, mm. that's the cutoff. If you're asking mm. me for a detailed plan of things, I'm not even considering you you're going in the bin Mm. but if it's a case of okay I feel this task is kind of reasonable but again I'm in five different processes and I don't really have the time let me just see what their flex is let me see if they're willing to like offer some little money for it and if they are then yeah I might consider going ahead but if they're not then Mm. I will consider do I really want to continue with this or do I want to focus on something else Mm -hmm. like it's one of those ones if you don't ask you don't get
2: it's one you don't ask you don't get and I think it might be one of these things that I just can't relate to because I've never,
0: ex- I've never exper-
2: experienced it in my yeah. industry at this stage, at graduate stage, that like it's difficult. um, And they have all these silly tests and stuff. And I, I even at that stage, I say internally, when we're doing graduate recruitment, is there not a better way to do this? Because it's this just long and emotionally taxing. But I just, I just think to myself, I don't want to work for a business that takes the piss out of people from day one.
0: I wouldn't do this at a graduate stage, to be honest with you. I feel like there's an element of that where you kind of just have to suck it you just up have to, to suck a certain it up. extent. Yeah, no, I'm, what, that's,
2: that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say mm. is that like anything beyond graduate stage, this level of effort before you even walk through the door. And I get we, like, we might have it's different It's a simple opinions. question
0: on the phone though. Just be like, is there any, you know, monetary remuneration available for it? Because like I said, there are companies that are offering people some money for the effort that they will take to do the tasks. I have friends yeah. that have been paid for that.
2: Most definitely. Me personally, it's a no. But like I mm-hmm. said, um different industry, different exper- experience. I would just never be expected to do to do that much work to get a job. But I'm not in it, it's a different job market. But it's not it's a massive massive red flag for me, you know. I don't know how for me personally if i could overcome it mm. that's just my opinion i just think it's i just think it's daylight robbery i don't but think i'd do if I, I was incorporated no, you,
1: know mm. you know what's important you know what's important in this point though is to to our listeners our community our that sisters our friends <laughs> do yeah but also don't let desperation take you because mm-hmm. i think when Absolutely. you're looking, when you're looking for a job and you really want a new job for whatever reason whatever circumstances what we find ourselves doing is being exploited allowing ourselves to be exploited because Mm -hmm. it's like but I really need to get out so I'm just going to do whatever it takes don't get desperate in these times ma'am honestly
0: that is good advice but also it's difficult advice obviously because of the circumstances that people are in yeah it is it is the baseline ultimately yeah it's difficult yeah. in it it's a tricky one I just think people should try and get out of these processes as much as they can that that will benefit them and just remember to make sure that that seesaw so to speak is mm-hmm. not unfairly weighted in the employer's direction or side with regards yeah. to
2: that I, and I've also I think I'm speaking from a position of privilege in the sense of the lot of the work I do is confidential. So there could never be an example of me giving work, or even when I'm talking about work that I have done, I have to be sensible in terms of what I'm saying, just from a confidentiality perspective anyway. So I'm quite privileged in the sense of no one's going to say to me, like, here's this SPA, can you mark it up and we'll check it. If someone did say that to me, I'd say, oh, no, thanks. I remember someone called me about a job to work for this um data center company. And they said that the lady who's head of the legal team likes everyone who applies to write a paragraph about why they want to join her business. And I said, <laughs> I said, are you mad? I actually said that. I said, are you mad? I said, I'm nearly 10 years qualified. I'm not writing a paragraph about a business I found out about 15 minutes ago. I'm not doing it.
0: Do you know what? You're harsh, Stanley, because I would do that. That's just a paragraph. <laughs> but you That's know what simple. it
2: is? For me, I just feel like a lot it's of the work... Is- one, not even condescending, but a lot of the work environments that we operate in, uh, in and of themselves, are very toxic, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if at this if at this stage you're acting mad and asking me to write a paragraph about why I want to join a business I didn't know existed, that nobody really knows existed because you're not a household name, and what am I really going to say in that paragraph? Because like all I'm going to do is copy and paste from your about us page on your website. You're <laughs> wasting. You're kind of wasting my time. And the fact that you think but my time is want to be wasted,
0: lowly applicant, you or maybe it could be, it
2: can could be a idiot. way of
0: testing the way that you communicate or your ability to sell. Could Darling,
2: be. when we talk, I will sell myself to you. Trust me. <laughs> don't waste my time, please. Master, give me a job, <laughs> please. Taking me, th- and then the way the recruiter kept saying, the way the recruiter kept saying, "Oh, can I have your paragraph, please?" and I just blanked her. I felt like saying. Can you go on my LinkedIn and see all my pages and my awards. You're coming to ask me for a paragraph. <laughs> Do you know who I am? You're, you're not crazy. <laughs> you yeah, absolutely crazy. I think a lot of my responses to some of these silly recruitment processes, because I've participated in a lot of them as mm-hmm. someone who is hiring and someone who's being hired. Mm-hmm. If it gets to a point where I feel like you're taking me for a dickhead, and maybe my chest is too high again, coming from a position of print of <laughs> of a. Of, of, uh, a privilege, of, of privilege in the sense of like there are only a few people who can who can do my job at my level, and I have worked in some really good firms, so my CV is very strong. That maybe I feel like no, nah, I don't need to do this nonsense. Not everyone's mm-hmm. going to be in that position. I feel like if I was doing a complete career change, and so mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to be a journalist and things, and they were like, you need to write an article, then I'm not going to have the same approach. But I feel like when I'm working in an area that I'm established, you know, you can do one two Google and see about what I've been doing and it's verified please don't come and ask me about paragraphs
0: Mm, I think that's a good thing to touch upon actually as well like because for me the majority of my career I have kind of twisted and turned like I've Mm. really stayed in the same kind of role so I'm regularly put in a position where I have to kind of sell myself whether it's in a cover letter or face face thing is with me I know once I'm face to face with someone that's it like they're gonna love me it's it's that like I've never received any other feedback but yeah in the cover letters I will kind of touch upon that why do I want to work here and whatever but I finesse it, it it's literally I'll just say I've looked at your accolades blah 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 and I feel that it suits the kind of personality and the drive that I have yeah, blah, I, blah,
2: think, blah, I think a co- I think a cover letter is the standard now will I will I do one no.
0: <laughs> I mean, for some people, that's their application, red flag, a cover letter. <laughs> I just feel, I just, you know, will I do one?
2: Absolutely not. But I feel like I've been stuck up stuck up from a long time ago. Because I remember even when I, come back to me, even when I was applying for uni, I did not apply to uni, certain units for law that wanted me to do an LSAT because I thought, are you lot dumb? I've got three A's at A level. Don't come and tell me I need to take another test.
0: That's mm-hmm. not even
2: required by anyone but you lot to to do a degree with you are you crazy so i've that's me at, that's me at 16 being like nah, application process is too long i've got ucas i've got a levels i've got gcses you know chill so maybe i'm just arrogant basically
0: Um, No, again, like you said, it's where you're at in your career. And I wouldn't suggest to any kind of young person just entering the workforce, listening to this, that some of the steps that we've mentioned here is actually the way to, to go. I would say access humility, please, because a lot of you are forgetting this and thinking that you should automatically kind of jump to the position that people have been working for 10 or 15 years um you know they fostered it they've been through the fire go through the fire first please so you can learn your vital lessons it's the only reason why I know what applications to kind of just dismiss immediately and what ones to continue pursuing but it's good to go through some of these negative processes sometimes because it teaches you about your worth it helps you to understand what it is you're offering and be confident in that and be confident in the way that you're putting this across Like I said, there is so many application red flags for various sectors, various jobs. You've got to, I was going to say you've got to use wisdom, but again, wisdom is subjective. Like who decides what is wisdom when applying for a job application process? It's so dependent on various kind of things. But um, I think to kind of round this up, what would you, what would you advise I don't know I think let's do it this way what would you advise someone who's kind of entering their career trajectory um someone who's kind of in the middle of it and if you feel able to someone who's in like a really senior position I can't really speak to that because mine's not there yet so (laughs) what are you guys thoughts what's the
2: question again please
0: are you taking a piss (laughs) now you know how it (laughs) feels no I genuinely if you like ask a question that's long it just evaporates from my head yeah you did ask a
1: long question but I got it so what advice would we give to different people at different stages of their career yeah um I think I think we've said a lot of it already I think at the beginning of your career as a grad as a graduate not just at the application phase but also you know in the workplace there are various hoops that you may find yourself jumping through and I think rather than seeing it as am I being taken for a dickhead just take everything as learning whether it's personal learning or organizational learning but you can always offer feedback you know you can always you can always say especially there's a fresh pair of eyes if you get the job you know have a conversation with HR and say you know um, I'd like to give some feedback about the interview process or the application process and let them yes, know. Yes. Um mid mid-career again, again, I still think you have to decipher what's for you and what's not, because you'll know the variations between the organizations that you're going for. Because mid-career can mean anything. It can mean that you're stepping up into a more high profile company even though it's the same sort of role it could mean that you're just doing sideways sideways stepping but I think mid-career and let's define that let's quantify that maybe mm-hmm. like five six, not mid-career but let's say six years plus in you know like this is dickheadery yeah I was that's thinking the word. 10 years you know because
0: six years you is think still so? like yeah fresh still ten years I don't know I'm but to we've be been fair, working for actually, 10 years plus <laughs>
1: At six years, I'd only done one school, to be honest. So mm. again, it depends. I think it depends on the context of your journey, how many places you've worked for, and whatever. At yeah, senior definitely. level, at I'm senior talking, level, the world is yours.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking. So it's not really in terms of years. I think in terms of seniority, that's what I was going for. Mm. So you have your entry level graduates, and then you have your like middle mid senior level. That's what I should have said. Mm.
1: Yeah I, but I I think I think at mid senior you have more of a position only po- literally because you have more insight into what it means to be an employee as to what you will and will not tolerate because of your understanding of yourself and organizations mm-hmm. and, and and there's still a little bit of blind side and then there's also still a little bit of leeway you know you yourself said an interviewee turning up tu- an interviewer turning up late isn't the biggest red flag for you because you understand the pressure that comes at that point. At senior level, be Natalie bruh.
2: Yeah. I mean uh-huh. like the interview thing, turning up late, I have mixed feelings on that because I feel like you should just turn up on time. An interview is like a two way process. Uh-huh. And I just feel like you can be like up to five minutes late, 10, 20 minutes late. Yeah, no. At this stage, when you're still trying to get me to actually want to work for you, I think it's just rude. And I personally think it's not unforgivable, but it's a like, <clears throat> side eye. Depending yeah, are on...
0: you're, you're now relegated a bit in terms of how I prioritise you.
2: Yeah, because I can't uh, be, because if I was 10 minutes late to an interview with you, that's it I'm not making it through the next stage but I think we always have to accept that the interview process is not you know the interviewer and the interviewee are not equally yoked right Mm -hmm. no matter how senior or the head whether the person's been headhunted there's always going to be that imbalance of power because of the offer of employment right but I feel like you have to kind of assert yourself in these processes because you are setting up how you are expecting to be treated when you're on the job because the same kind of humility and patience and rapport you set up in the interview you're going to carry through to the next six months Mm -hmm. in your probation period anyway because who acts super good on the interview and then get the first week you know you'll just start acting mad you'll lose your job you don't want that (laughs) so it's like if you are (sighs) way if you're way too accommodating in the beginning and you just take anything just to get the job You'll Mm -hmm. find that psychologically, that will run through into your probation period, and then it will continue to run through as long as for as long as you think you're new to the business, and so you kind of have to put boundaries in place, Mm -hmm. like at the beginning. For example, I need to leave early on five on Fridays (laughs) because I need to pick up my kids, or I want to work from home for one day. Like people be like, "Oh, you know, just get the job," and then did no, you have to do an interview process, but you have to have to be honest from the beginning because if you don't and then you try and negotiate when you're in the place yeah they're just going to make you feel super awkward about it but
0: I 100% agree with that I think in terms of entry-level graduate people um I'd say use common sense in terms of what you're applying for and what they're asking mm. you to do by that level um i would expect majority of people have kind of already experienced like working in retail etc things like that which are arguably some of the toughest environments whatsoever so i would expect them to learn a bit of skills from that and even if you're not really sure about what you should be kind of accepting i would say this is where it's key to have older people around you that you can talk to and kind of just say look this is um an interview that I'm going for this is the process that they're asking me to take part in what are your thoughts on that is this something that is worthwhile for me to do or do you know what I mean because sometimes we need other people to kind of point out the red flags to us like it was only till last year that I realized that some of these tasks that I was being asked to do hmm, never again would they catch me I never never I'll do tasks but you are not asking me to do one detailed task you're mad, there's no way and to do two tasks, you're absolutely crazy. So I think there's an element of using common sense, but also using, you know, mentors, or older people around you who have been in a workforce workforce for a while, to kind of be the taste test, so to speak, in terms of what you're being asked to do. Um, when it comes to the mid-senior level I think this is where the whole thing of it being a two-way street really comes into play like I I know I've had better interviews where I've understood that not only am I on trial you yourself are on trial and I'll ask questions in a way that helps them to understand that if you like me that's not really what's important for me, I need to like you as well, so I have specific questions I will ask, which will Mm -hmm. help them to understand that I'm coming into this interview, also interviewing them to see if there's this environment that I want to work in, and I think when you have that kind of equitable kind of communication stream within the interview, you really do get the best out of it, and it helps you to judge moving forward, if you are asked to participate in more stages, if if that is something that you should accept and go through or if you need to kind of bow out and say actually i don't feel this is the right fit for me and also i'll just encourage people because i still think some people are kind of afraid to kind of reject interviews that they get Don't be afraid to be like, you know, actually, I've reconsidered this and this isn't quite the right fit for me. Some people may have the fear that, okay, if I do this, you know, words going to get around in the industry. But at the end of the day, don't worry about any of that. Do what's best for you and what makes sense for you. And especially when you are doing multiple interviews at a time, I don't feel no way to say that I'm in multiple processes at the time, multiple processes. So I need my interviews to be at this time or in this day. It needs to fit around my schedule. You can't just say, oh, are you free to interview in like two weeks or something like that? Do you know what I mean? We need to we need to be in agreement as to what is uh works for my schedule and your schedule as well. And I think that's really key with the interviews, so we have come to the end of this episode um, I think it's been a really good episode as always they really go very quickly and there's just so much more that we could have touched upon but hopefully this has been useful to anybody listening as usual thanks so much for listening and do tell a friend sorry to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. I lost <laughs> how many tell a friends I was meant to say <laughs> keep the conversation going on our social media we are at www Podcast UK on Twitter Twitter and Instagram. We're also on LinkedIn as well. Look up Black Women Working. Mm-hmm. You can use the hashtag BWW Podcast UK on any of those platforms so we can see what you're saying. DM us, email us, blackwomenworkinguk at gmail.com. I think that's it. So everybody say your goodbyes. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Tiles. Laters. Toodles.